Welcome to the Grace Family International Church Podcast Service. This message is by our senior pastor, Reverend Yinka Ojo. Be blessed as you listen. In the knowledge of heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit of a living God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, lift your hands again and tell the Lord, I surrender unto you, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of grace, Spirit of God. Let's be conscious of the presence. Sometimes we just come to church thinking that we are coming to see ourselves. Humans, no, the Holy Spirit has been waiting for us. He has things to tell us. He wants to touch us. He wants to deal with us and he wants, he wants us to cooperate and acknowledge him. Let's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let's communicate with him. Let's tell him, talk to him and get ready for him to talk to you. Tell him that this message will be you talking to me. So not just be a human being talking to me. It is you. You are going to talk to me. If it's only one person, the Holy Spirit, you came to speak to, to help today. Let that person be me. Let that person be me. Hallelujah. It's not only the preacher that should pray. Believe in God that God will speak and move. You also pray and believe God when you pray that way and you release your faith. Then the preacher will preach beyond the level of his ability and speak by the Spirit and speak from the throne of grace. Tell the Lord, send your word into my heart. I am ready to run with your word. I am even ready. If I even hear, I am ready to do. I am ready to act. So I thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. For you are good. You are faithful. You are wonderful. Thank you for what you have in store for us, your children today. Thank you for the way you are moving and walking on this planet today. Thank you for the changes taking place by your spirit for the better in the church, in the lives of your people. Thank you, Father God. We are a supernatural people. We are not just a natural people. Help us to walk in the supernatural, live in the supernatural, talk in the supernatural, think in the supernatural. Help us to hear your language. Help us to match to the beat of a different drummer, the drum beat from heaven above, so that people will look at us and say, These ones are peculiar people. They will look at us and say, These ones are a new breed, a new species that has never walked this planet before. Raise up an army, oh God. Raise up an army and let me be a part of that army. Talk to the Lord, lift your hands. Say, Raise up your army by your spirit and let me be a part of it. May I not be sidelined? Help me to walk in the spirit in the name of Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. And all the people of God say a good amen. Tell your neighbor on your left, on your right, I'm glad you are in the house of the Lord today. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Job chapter 32 verse 8. How to hear the voice of God throughout this month. How to hear the voice of God. The Lord spoke to me and said, many of my people, they are not, they are saved. They may even be spiritual, but they are not really doing what I really want them to be doing. Many are just doing things because it is good. 
to the senses. Good to man. Good by the dictates and what people say people should do. But many are not. Many cannot say, oh yeah, I'm following the spirit of God and I'm living my life by the spirit of God, direction of the spirit of God. Remember, go to Job chapter 32 verse 8 um, just to, by way of bringing us back to certain uh, scriptures I have covered. The Bible talks about the fact that the Romans chapter 8 verse 14, we mentioned that in the memory verse that as many as are saved, as many as are born of God, the Bible says that as many, for the, 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 as many as are born again, they are, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in other words, once you are a child of God, you can be, you should be led by the Spirit of God. The leading of God is by the Spirit of God. And that's why John chapter, the, so, if you read Romans 8.14, it says that uh, for as many as are led, divine guidance, led, instructed, led, showed the way. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And then in verse 16, he now goes on to say, and the Spirit bears himself, that itself is himself in the original Greek, himself, the Holy Spirit himself bears witness. So, the way, the number one way the Holy Spirit will lead you is by him bearing witness, putting witness. Witness means presence of peace or absence of peace in your spirit, not in your head. Now, I dealt with that extensively on Wednesday. Please go back to it because um, for some people, it's been the difference between life and death because they disregarded the witness of the spirit. All right. So, some, that for some other people, it's going to be the difference between whether you live on this planet poor or you live on this planet wealthy and blessed. Because you are not walking by your head and your senses and your f- mere feelings, okay? You're walking by the spirit, the witness of the spirit. For some other people, it's going to determine whether you will live frustrated on earth or whether you will live a life of joy from victory to victory. I made a statement on Wednesday. I'm going to say it again. And it's that God hardly just drops us into breakthrough. Usually and typically, he leads us into breakthrough. And there's a big difference in the two. Many are thinking that, oh, I just have a sudden breakthrough. Yeah, sometimes God does that. But usually, usually, he won't do that. Once you are saved, the main process, 95% of the leadings God will give you, instructions God will give you, and even to the littlest, minutest detail of your life, he wants to instruct you so that you can get the best. If you follow his instruction, you get the best. You can do things your own way. You will still be able to make um, body and soul. You can struggle your way and go through life and struggle through life, but somewhere in your inside, you will know you are not, this is not the best God has for me. Until you begin to give room to the Holy Spirit. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Until you begin to um, have the koinonia with the Holy Spirit. Like the Bible teaches. And John chapter 16 verse 13. Jesus was speaking and he said. When the spirit of truth is come. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. So Jesus has gone to heaven. 
On the day of Pentecost, the spirit of truth has come and he has come to stay. So he has now come. His job, his number one job is to lead you. If you allow him, he will lead you from sickness to health. Praise God. One man of God was sharing his testimony of how he had an incurable heart disease. He was actually born, still born. He was dead when he was, he was, he was born. And then after a few minutes, life came back into him again as a baby. But he was a tiny baby. And the doctor said, it wouldn't last more than three days. But he survived. But he was virtually uh, very handicapped. And then by the time he was 16... He became bedfast because his heart was deformed. So he spent time on the bed and then he got saved. There was a Bible by the side of his bed, his grandmother's Bible. And he read it up to John 3, 16. And he got saved. Now, as soon as he got saved, he was thanking God that, well, at least now I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. After, and he started reading that Bible from, from the New Testament. And he said, deep inside, a thought just came to him and said, do you know you don't have to die? Do you know you can get up from this bed? And so it was like a nagging thought, nagging thought, nagging thought. And then he said, how? how? So he said he was the only one in the room. He said, how? He said, inside, he just like tiny, still small voice just said, read the book more. I knew what that meant, the Bible. And about one and a half years, he kept on reading and reading and reading until he jammed the scripture that got him out of the bed and he got healed by himself because the spirit of God led him into the right scriptures and he lived to be 87 years old before he died. Healthy. Went all over the world preaching to people. Why? He followed the spirit. Let's learn to follow the Holy Spirit. Let's follow, learn to follow the lineage of the He will lead you from financial struggle. It doesn't matter. Your background might have been a problematic background from um, a song, you can remember. Financially, he will lead you out of poverty. He will lead you out of generational curse into blessings. Can somebody say amen? And prosperity. He is your shepherd. You will not lack. You will not want. Especially in this time in Nigeria, on everybody's lips, the issue is finances. There is no other time where you have to be careful to listen and be led by the Spirit of God than now. So that you not suffer with the world. The Bible says that the rod of the wicked will not fall upon the lot of the righteous. We are the righteous. God has a different plan for us and it is wealth, prosperity and blessing. Say amen somebody now. Doing every area of your life, your relationships, your job, your career, your your business, your your academics, the steps. I'll, I'll give you some stories and some testimonies as we go on here today. Job chapter 32, Job 32, verse 8. The word of God says, But there is a spirit in man. But there is a spirit. Touch your belly, everybody. Touch your belly. Say after me, but there's a spirit in me. You are a human being. Touch your belly. If you are a human being, it's talking about you. There is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. Gives mankind understanding. God will inspire you and give you understanding on what to do by the spirit he has placed in you. Not head. 
He didn't say there's a head on the shoulder of man. That's where we get into too much trouble. We live too much in our head. He didn't say there's a flesh in man or upon man. He said there's a spirit. Somebody say spirit. So when God is going to lead us, he's going to lead us by the spirit in our spirit. And it is by, primarily by the inward witness. 95% of the leadings he will give you. 95% of the times it will be by the inward witness. However, God also speaks in other ways. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 talks about the fact that God speaks in diverse manners. So today my message is titled, More Spectacular Guidance. The primary number one way God will lead you is by a non-spectacular way of guiding you called the inward witness. It is not spectacular. It is not sensational. And that is why many people miss it. It takes faith to walk by it. If you don't walk by it, then you miss a lot. The Lord spoke to me as I was preparing for this message. And he said, many of my people, many of the people that will be listening to you, they have prayed and they have released a lot of blessings that are now in the realm of the spirit and are overdue. But they must, but they are not, they are not, they are not being led into it. They are not. So they will not enjoy it except the length to be led into where these blessings are. Your fasting and prayer has already released a lot of blessings. And they are no more, those blessings are no more in heaven. They've already been released to this earthly realm. But the Lord said the only missing link is many of my people, they don't, they don't want to be led. They don't know how to be led. They don't give attention to learning how to be led. Praise God. So that's why the Lord said, teach this very properly. Teach it with all the passion you got. Teach it as well as you can. Because this will make a difference. For many, it will be like difference between darkness and daylight, night and day. All right. So, remember that. There's a spirit in you. The Lord will lead you primarily by the inward witness. But God also uses other ways to speak. What are they? Why does he use other ways to speak? Because he wants to confirm and reassure you that he's the one talking to you. The Bible says that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, listen, primarily, he will speak to you by your inward witness. The inward witness, you're not hearing the voice. You're not hearing, you just sense, I have a, I have an, a, a, a goal, a green light. I have a, a, a red light, a check. Now, a question came on Wednesday after the service. Someone came and asked me a question and said that, um, she, she sometimes will feel um, unsure about something, a decision to take, and will feel like it's a check. But after taking the step, God will move and the thing will work. And I said, That is not a check. That is a subtle fear on you because your flesh and your mind is reacting against you stepping out of your comfort zone. So, when the, how do you know the difference? You pray in tongues long enough. So, the tongues will help you to separate what is coming from your mind, your soul, and your flesh from what is coming from your belly, your spirit. Now, you pray in tongues about it long enough. If it's going to take two days, three days, one week, Two weeks, you pray, you leave it. You pray, you leave it. You pray, so be it. Then you will finally know the difference. Praise the Lord. 
Because there are sometimes you have this hey, feeling, hey, what will happen uh, if I take this step? What will happen? Pray in other tongues. And the Spirit of God will give you witness, stronger witness, if it is a green light. Can we say amen, somebody? Now, God uses other ways to speak to us as children. But the primary way he speaks is through the inward witness. Somebody say inward witness. We'll see that. I've gone through a lot of, about four or five scriptures um, concerning that on Wednesday. And this inward witness is the safest option. The safest. That's why God uses it the most. It is the safest way. Because that is the only one that the devil cannot counterfeit. All the things. I'm going to be sharing with us spectacular ways God will guide today. Many of us like it. We prefer it. But all of them, the devil can counterfeit and he has counterfeited. So that's why God will start you out with inward witness. Then he may, as you are walking or you are seeking him, he may now add one or two more of these ones I'm going to be sharing today. Then it helps you to say, oh, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He will lead you. He will lead you into who to marry. He will lead you to where to live. He will lead you. It's not everybody that travels and lives in England or lives in Canada or lives in Australia that's doing well. He will tell you where to go. He will tell you where the blessing of the Lord has been ordained to come upon your life. He will tell you all of these things once you begin to learn to walk by being led by the Spirit. More spectacular guidance. Remember again, the inward witness is the safest option because Satan cannot counterfeit it. He can counterfeit all others, but he cannot get into your inner man because the inward witness comes from your inside, the recreated inside. And the only person that is in your in human spirit, if you are saved, is the only Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot share the same residence with devil or anything. In your spirit, that's where the Holy Spirit is and that's where the inward witness comes from and the devil cannot get there and start speaking to you from your spirit. It's impossible. That's why God drops this direction to your spirit first. So, God is a good God. It's out of his goodness. He has chosen this. Praise God. And um, But God will usually use other ways to confirm. He will use other things to confirm. He will talk to you in all the ways by two or three witnesses. Acts chapter 2 verses 17 and 18. What are the other ways he confirms? So we want to look at confirmations now. I'm sensing something in my spirit. But maybe I'm not even fully sure. And God will be patient with you. And then you can even tell the Lord, Lord, am, am I, I'm sensing this. And usually God will tell you, pray in the spirit more. The word inward witness will get stronger and stronger and stronger. I started walking like this since I was 16 and 17. All right. I'll get into some things later on. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. These are the last days. Somebody say, these are the last days. It will come to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Remember Jesus said, when the spirit of God comes, it will guide us. The spirit of God has come. He has poured out the spirit. And the Bible says, your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Prophesy. Prophecies. Your young men shall see visions. Visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18. Verse 18. And on my servants and on my handmaidings, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. So God is saying that things like prophecies, visions, dreams should be common 
in the house of God. But what do we see today? Many of us travel and are looking for some, one baba somewhere, one mama somewhere who sees vision, who, do, who's prof, who can prof, give me prophecy. No, 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 no. All your sons, all your daughters, everybody. Everybody. If it is for everybody, why should you now be going to look for one special person? No, no, no. Everybody. If the Spirit of God is upon you, God says prophecy will be regular. Visions and dreams will be regular. So these are spectacular ways that God uses to speak. So let us look at prophecies. Prophecies. When God, God can speak to you by getting somebody to prophesy into your life, personal prophecy. But remember, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that Anybody that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. In other words, those are the three components of a prophecy that's coming from God. It will edify you. What does edify mean? It will build you up spiritually. It will make you grow. It will edify you. The second, it will exhort you. What does exhort means? It means it will draw you nearer to God. It will make you feel like serving God more. Not push you away from God and the things of God. And number three, comfort. It will comfort you. It will comfort you. So a prophecy that says, ah, the people of your village are your problem. What comfort has that brought? It has brought agitation. So that is not prophecy from heaven. Satan too can raise up false prophets. In fact, throughout the Bible, we see that. Somebody prophesied and say, no, your wife is your problem. Get rid of her. Get another person inside. And all. That, how, how has that brought comfort to you? It will bring worry even to you. How has that brought comfort to a family? It will bring worry to a family. So kick it off. That is not God. It is of Satan. All right. So keep that in mind. Remember this. Prophecies, God will not give you prophecies to direct you, but to confirm. And the decision will always be yours. If God gives somebody, tells somebody to prophesy, the final decision will always be yours. You must judge any prophecy. Even I'm prophesying. Many times I'm asking people after I've given a word or a prophecy, that does that mean anything to you? Does that line up with your spirit? If it doesn't, throw it away. I can miss it. I'm not Jesus. And there's no human being that cannot miss it. I've missed it before. I try not to miss it. But I say that to people so that they can also learn. Not even while here. You may find yourself in another country. You may find yourself in another city. You may find yourself in another setting. So you can understand how to function as a believer. So God, the Bible says in the same Acts chapter 14 that when people prophesy, let them speak two or three and let one person judge. So we can judge prophecies. We are not judging the prophesier. We are judging what is being said. You must judge. If somebody prophesies to you or give a prophetic word, you must assess and analyze it with the scriptures and with seven important keys. Quickly write this down. What are the things that I must use to judge prophecies? Number one, does it bear witness with my spirit? This thing that is being said, does it bear witness with my spirit? As they are saying it, is my spirit in agreement? That's the first thing. Number two, when the prophecy comes to you to confirm, this is how you judge it. Number two, does it agree with the Holy Scriptures? 
Does it agree with the Holy Scripture? So many people, they're just receiving prophecy here and there. Prophecy here and there. Some even pay for prophecy. Some get on the internet and say, somebody's prophesying there. Prophesying over my... You have to use self... And you don't, don't... When God puts you in a good church, stop going and looking outside of that good church setting for all of these kind of prophets and prophecies. You usually get into trouble sooner than later. All right? So, does it agree with the scriptures? That's it. Second key. Number three. Number th- so, uh, what do I mean by does it agree with the scriptures? You, you, does, it, does it line up with the scripture? Does it make, for instance, somebody in, in, uh, prophesies into your life and tells you these are the enemies, these are the this, you, 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 and you start, you start breeding hatred. The Bible says, love your enemies. Bless those that despitefully use you. But they are telling you, get ready to kill them. All right. It doesn't line up with the scriptures. Praise God. A married man, somebody prophesies to him. God wants you to, I see you with a second wife. It doesn't line up with the scriptures. Why didn't God give Adam two wives? God's original plan of marriage was in Eden, Adam and Eve. It doesn't line up with the scriptures. So, know the scriptures for yourself and use it to balance it. God will not speak to you something that contravenes the letter and the spirit of the holy word of God. All right, next, number three. Does it glorify Christ? Or it is glorifying the person that is prophesying. Does it glorify Christ? Is it about Christ being glorified? The spirit of God is always moving to make sure that Jesus Christ is glorified. Next, are, are there, the person prophesying, are their prophecies fulfilled? Well, pastor, I don't, I don't know them. They live in Ghana. I live in Nigeria. I just contact them by Facebook. Then you should not be contacting them if you cannot know whether their prophecies get fulfilled. All right. So, apart from that, how many have I given you? Four. Next, what is the fruit? Of the life of the person and their ministry, do they display fruit of the spirit? Some people just say, "Well, he's a popular preacher. He's a popular preacher, but he's always having scandals." You check internet, you see scandal about him. He is doing this. He's carried his secretary. He's doing this with uh, Nollywood actresses. He's doing this one. He's doing that one. Why should you want to go and get, receive prophecy from such a person? Jesus Christ said, by their fruit, not by their car, by their fruit, not by the title they give themselves, which is big, by their fruit, not by the size of their church or congregation, by their fruit, not by how famous or popular they are, by their fruit, you shall know them. So the person you are trying to collect prophecy from, what kind of fruit is following their life? What kind of fruit is following their ministry? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? All right. Next. Does the prophecy produce liberty or bondage in your life? The prophecy, does it produce liberty? The liberty of the children of God? Or does it produce fear and bondage in your life? So when a prophecy comes and it just tells you 
Don't go to your hometown. There is danger. It has bound you. When the Bible says, whatever the source of your feet touches, God has given it to you. When the Bible says that the earth is lost and the fullness thereof, there's some prophecies that bind, especially binding with fear. God will never use fear to motivate you. It is not the spirit of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. But there is fear. There is torment in fear. God is not in fear. So, there's so many systems and structures and false prophets and false prophetic areas and places that keep the people bound in the system and the structure and, in quote, the churches with fear prophecy. Fear, 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 fear. Fear that if you live here, if you do this, that and that is not the spirit of God. You can judge the prophecy. Praise the Lord. All right. So prophecies, but there are right prophecies. There are excellent prophecies. Praise God. I mean, prophecies came to to Paul, uh, where God was saying that separate Paul and Barnabas for the work I have for them. Agabus prophesied in the Bible, and there are wonderful. The gift of prophecy is a real prophecy, but God will not start, initiate the guidance for you by a prophecy. He will initiate it and start it with the word. Yeah, two people are talking. With the word. I can't hear you. With the word. Inward witness. Inner witness. Learn those two words. Inner witness. What did I call it? Inner witness. That's how he started out. There's somebody that God wants to use in a great way and in a wonderful way. But he kept on resisting and kept on resisting and kept on resisting. And so somebody said, I should talk to him. And it was obvious that there was an anointing um, coming on this person to do something in another way. But this person was saying, no, 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 no. So, so um, I talked to the person and the person told me that, Pastor, uh, my own, all I do is Say, stay in the choir because their pastor was telling them, now you need to do this for me. You need to teach for me. You need to go here and speak for me. You need to go here and help to handle this that involves some measure of pastoral work. And this guy will not. So I was start to talk to him. So I said, why? Obviously, God's hand is resting on you along these lines and, and God put leaders on your life. And, and you, you, the guy told me that my calling is helps. I said, God can start you in helps. He adds to it. He said, because, he said, because a prophet saw me one day and told me that my calling is helps. <laughs> I said, that is not how you build your entire life. You build your life on the inward witness. Why don't you pray about this? God starts people with helps and he moves them on. Usually. So, remember that about prophecy. So that you don't get yourself into bondage because somebody prophesied into your life. But God is trying to also add more things and bless you more. But you are stuck with that. Remember this. Check this, and prophecies, prophetic word will always be secondary. Now, prophecies, we saw that in Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18. So God, there's prophecy, God speaks prophecy. The, the daughters of Philip the evangelist, they all prophesied. The Bible tells us, 
If you read Acts of Apostles, they prophesied. So it is something that is normal. Next, Revelation. 2 Corinthians 12.1. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12.1. Some other spectacular ways. Yes, they are more dramatic. They are more sensational. But always put them as secondary. And you are going to be safe. But be open to them. Because many times you need the assurance that it is God trying to lead you. I know that as many as will take what I'm sharing and implement it in their lives, you're going to see your life getting better. And better. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads you into brighter days, brighter days, brighter days, better days, better ways of doing things. Praise the Lord. He will lead you. He will guide you. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, everybody. If you are here this morning, say amen. All right. How, what does it say? It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Another category of how God speaks is visions and revelations. Visions and revelations. Notice, this Corinthians was written to the general body of Christ. Prophecies is for everybody in the body of Christ. Visions and revelations is for everybody in the body of Christ. You see, because we are ignorant. When people go to church, we're ignorant. We think that it's just one special man, one special mama, one special baba, one special this, that you love vision, that you love... No, 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 no. It is for every one of us. So we should not be looking for somebody to consult to get vision. No. Once you are saved, and especially you are also filled with the Holy Spirit, these things should be operating in our lives. That's what Acts chapter 2 is saying. Amen. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, there will be visions, there will be revelations, there will be prophecies. If you are yielded. So what are revelations? What are visions? They are related, but they are different. A revelation just means an unveiling. So, there's a book in the Bible that most Christians don't read. But the Bible says that blessed are those that read that book. It's called the book of what? Revelations. Because some people say they get scared. Why should you be scared? Read it by the Holy Spirit. You'll get enlightened. You'll understand a lot of things happening today. That book unveils the fact that there's a spirit realm around us. Unveils the fact that there's some things coming up in the future. Unveils where the history of mankind is going. Unveils what God is going to do later. Unveils where you and I are going if we are born again. Unveils where sinners, those who refuse to receive Christ as Lord and Savior are going. Unveils the future of Satan and his demons and fallen angels. Unveiling. When something is unveiled to you, you say, ah, oh, so this even exists. Unveiled. Hagar and her child were going to die. Then God unveiled a well of water. And that's how they survived. Unveiling. There are so many things we are struggling with until there's an unveiling. And then you say, oh! So this is there. So revelation simply means God is sharing with us something that we cannot know or access by our five physical senses. 
So, Jesus was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, you are Isaiah, you are Jeremiah, you are this prophet, you are that prophet. After they talked, then Jesus said, all right, you guys, who do you guys say that I am? Everybody was quiet. Then, surprisingly, Peter spoke and said, you are Christ, the anointed one. You are the one anointed to break the yoke of sin from all of mankind. You are the only one anointed to lead us to the Father God. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. That means what you have just said now, this information is beyond the kind of information you can access by your five physical senses. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So there are revelation that comes from the father. Information that is beyond what you can get in the natural. If you live your life only by what you are in the natural, where you are in the natural, what you can get in the natural, you will be limited and shortchanged in life. You must be open to information, insight, and revelation that comes from heaven above. Can somebody say amen? amen? There are three types of revelations. Write it down. From the lowest to the highest. And many a time, I want to share this because many a times you will see that the Lord himself has already been working with you and dealing with you and revealing things to you. But because you have not been taught, you have not been instructed. Now, you didn't know that that was what God was doing. But now, as I begin to share this, you say, oh, the first level and it is the lowest level or the lowest type of revelation is that, number eight is this, you know something. You know something. Or it is like a perception. You just know. You don't have any physical evidence for knowing, but you just know. And that grows in you after a while. I was asking, and I, I, I explained it this way, that do you, do, you, do you know your name is written in the book of life? How many of you know your name is written in the book of life? In heaven. Wave your hand. All right. Okay. How many of you have seen the book of life before? How many of you know your name is written in the book of life? What is, your name is number what in the book of life? But you know, lift your hand, you know your name is there. It's number something in the book of life. How do you know? That is called the lowest form of revelation. You didn't always know that after you got saved. That's why you answered altar call two times, three times, ten times. Because even though you get saved only once, the first time, but until the thing, after a while, you stop answering that call again because now the perception has grown in you. Just like a baby, a child, on the eighth day, you name the child Joseph, something, something. So the tenth day after the child is born, everybody calls Joseph, Joseph, the child doesn't even look around. After a few months, Joseph, the child looks your way. So what has happened? The knowledge has finally percolated that that is my name. That is who I am. That is how perception is. Have you ever stepped out of your house one day and you are going and then you, during the day you met somebody you haven't seen in a long time, maybe your friend, and you say, I, I knew, I, for, for some reason, I knew I would see you today. I mean, something similar has happened to you before. Anybody, anybody, you just knew. That, ah, I don't know how I knew. That is the lowest form of revelation. It was revealed to you. 
Now, there are some things you can do to make sure that you are more sensitive to such. Like praying in tongues every day, up to an hour and more. Meditating in the scriptures. Take one or two promises and think about it. Think about, meditate on it. As we teach you things in church, you go and ponder. What it does is it sharpens your ability to pick up things in your spirit. All right. So no, the second level of, of, um, of revelation is you hear something in your spirit when you are quiet. You hear something in your spirit. It is the inward voice. This is not just I perceive. See, Paul, for instance, said, I perceive this journey when they were going on the boat, on the ship, and they were taking them to Rome. For trial, he said, I perceive this journey will be of great danger. He didn't say he had a voice, he didn't say he saw a vision, he didn't say I received a prophecy. No, 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 no. He said, I perceive. What does that mean? I just know on my inside. That's the lowest form of revelation he had. And it happened exactly like that. Every Christian has it. Once you are saved, it is available for you. I told you last week, somebody who wanted to do 419 in the early days of the church. He wanted to do 419. He said he had equipment for the church. And, and I just, it was just by that lowest form of revelation. Inside my, everybody touch this place. Touch your belly. Touch this place. Which one is harder? This one is, touch it again. Touch it. Touch this place. Which one is harder? So God does not talk to your head because your head is hard. It talks to this place. It is soft and sensitive. That's your spirit, your belly. All right. So that's how you know. The second is you, you hear something on your inside. Elijah was running away from um, Ahab and his wife, Jezebel. And they had been running and running and running. And then finally he got to a cave and he stayed there. And then God, the presence of God came but this time, it was like a wind, like an earthquake. And he thought God would speak to him. And God was not in the earthquake. Then a mighty wind blew. By God. And he thought God would speak to him. And God did not speak to him in it. Finally, fire came. And the fire was burning. And then... He thought God would speak to him. And God did not speak. And after these three, the Bible says, there came a what? Still, small voice. Somebody say after me, still, small voice. Can you say it louder? Say still, small voice. So with that still, small voice, God began to speak to Elijah. And give him instruction. Go and do this. Go and anoint this as king. Go and anoint Jehu. And then go and anoint Elisha to be prophet in your... And God gave him instruction. Listen, many of us are looking for God in the fire. Many of us are looking for God in the whirlwind. Many of us are looking to hear God in the earthquake. Where and all the time, God all the while is in your spirit giving you instruction. Download the still small voice. The problem is that many of us, you see, for you to hear the still small voice, you must be still. Do you have time that you stay still? You alone and God. 
If you don't, you will miss a lot of information. And you will think God is wicked. You even think your prayers are not being answered. You even think God is not talking to you. You must have time, 20 to 30 minutes after you have prayed in tongues for a while in which you are alone and you are talking to nobody. You are just quiet there. Giving God an opportunity to drop things into your belly. This is how to be a normal Christian. Can I have an amen in the house, somebody? All right. So that's still small voice. That's the second level of revelation. It's a bit higher than the first one. The third level of revelation, there are three types of revelations. Is you see something in your spirit. In your spirit. Now, this revelation, usually when I'm meditating on the Bible, I pick a scripture. I start seeing some things in my spirit. This is why you must commit your imagination to the Holy Spirit. Satan wants to use your imagination. This is why a Christian must not get involved in pornography and watching anything with nudity. Because Satan wants to corrupt your imagination. The more of nudity and the more of pornography you see, the more blinded you become in the spirit realm. See all these musicians that are always bringing scantily girls and etc. Satan has a strategy. He wants to blind even the believers from the spirit of revelation. But when you sanctify your imagination and you tell the Lord, this is my imagination. Or, or you I purify this imagination. And you don't, you don't watch viol- things that have gross violence. Horror. You don't watch documentaries and movies and things that, that make you say, ah, Satan is terrible. Hey, yeah. You sanctify your imagination. Then more revelation will start pouring into you. This third level is that you see something in your spirit. You see something in your spirit. You close, when you close your eyes, you see something. Many times when we're in a service and I'm saying, the Lord is telling me there's this going on. There's that, there's that. I'm seeing it, but I'm not seeing it outside here. I'm seeing it in here. If you watch me many times, my eyes are closed during those periods because I'm seeing it. So this is, why I, this is the only reason why um, I close my eyes in prayer. I don't close it as a religious thing that if I don't close my eyes, God will not answer me. Because even in the Bible, when Jesus Christ got to one of the greatest miracles he did in the Bible, the tomb of Lazarus, the Bible said he looked up on high when he prayed. <laughs> so his eyes were open. But I close, I pray, closing my eyes, I pray, opening my eyes. But when I want to pick things in my spirit, especially because of the in the third level of revelation, I close my eyes, then I can see in my spirit. Now, these are spontaneous pictures you see in your spirit. Spontaneous. A picture just shows. That's why God looked at, uh, um, I believe that was uh, Jeremiah. He said, what do you see? And he said, I see a pot. And it's brewing. And, and then he goes, you've seen very well. Sometimes God will just give, show you something. This is and I will, uh, my my next time I preach, I'll talk about more of this. But that's why you must have a notebook. Every good Christian should go into their prayer time with a notebook and a pen. Then you journal. You write things. I've been doing that since I was 16, 17, 18. I write things down. And I noticed that over the years, the more I've been faithful to writing things down, the more the things 
the Lord has been has felt free to reveal to me. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I just say, okay, Lord, I write it down. Some I don't understand, and God, I'll explain it to you later on. And then when it happens, I say, oh, that's what we're saying. Some it tells, when I say, I don't understand, then it tells me, this is the meaning of it. Or it tells me, I'll explain it to you later on. Then I'm hearing a sermon, and then the person preaching just explains. Then God says, that's my understanding of it for you. And so, but you've got to write things down. Write the vision and make it plain. I'll get into that scripture at some other time. So, the third level of revelation is inspired or spontaneous pictures. You see something on your spirit. So, let's go to visions. Everybody, this thing I'm teaching you, it is for every child of God. It is for who? It is not. See that book, that my book that was advertised, all right? How to flow in the anointing made easy. That's the essence of that book I wrote. To demystify all these supernatural spectacular. We must go to one Baba that dresses one way. We must go to one holy somewhere. We must go. No, 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 no. It's for every one of us. Get yourself out of bondage. It's for you. I know it's not preached too often that it's for us, but it's for us. In the Acts of Apostles, they saw vision, they saw dreams, they met, they met angels, they talked with angels, they had all those things. We have, we have the church today, we are so far away from God's pattern in Acts of Apostles. When the church went into the dark ages and the Bibles were taken away by the bishops and the popes and everybody and locked in monasteries and Christians were not allowed to read Bibles of themselves. The fire of what God was doing died down so much. But now, God is now beginning to restore the church back. So these teachings, like I'm teaching now, they, they are normal Christianity. Every Christian should be prophesying and being prophesied to. Every Christian should be having revelations and receiving revelations and sharing revelations. Say amen, somebody. This same revelation is how you understand the Bible. So when you pick the Bible, God can speak to you from the Bible. Amen. And so when you meditate on it, you can picture some things. And you just know the meaning. This is the meaning of it. Now, three types. There are three types of visions. The lowest to the highest. The lowest form of vision and the highest form of revelation are similar. So there is an interface there. Revelations, visions. The highest form of revelation and the lowest form of vision are similar. So many a times, this will be happening in your life. You cannot even tell whether this is the highest revelation or this is a vision, the lowest vision. And the lowest form of vision, the number one, is spiritual vision. A vision is a divinely granted appearance. Let's define vision. A divinely granted appearance. That simply means that the Spirit of God divinely is granting you to see something or some, God allows an appearance for you that is divinely granted. And these are the days, visions and revelations. So, listen. Lewis form of vision, spiritual vision. Say spiritual vision. So, spiritual vision simply means that you see something but not with these physical eyes. Maybe when, usually when you close your eyes and you are worshiping God, you may see something. Or when you close your eyes and we are praying, you may see something. Or when you close your eyes and you are meditating on a scripture, you may see something. You may see that scripture being played. You may see a still spontaneous picture. Or you may see a moving 
spontaneous picture. I hope you know that movies are hundreds of thousands of individual still pictures. If you don't know, now you know. Move, they are individual frames, one picture each, but moving so fast, your eyes cannot dictate that they are one, one picture each. So you just think, oh, everything is moving and moving, and one and a half hours you are watching it. But each of them are sometimes millions of one, one picture. So, so, so when God wants to speak to you, God speaks in pictures a lot. He's a picturist God. That's why Jesus came and he started speaking in parables because he wants to paint a picture of that spiritual principle to you. He knows that if he just tells you by theory, you will not get it, but let me tell them a story so that they can picture it. A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and then armed robbers and headsmen, we laid him along the way. Uh, so you say, oh, and then they took him to an inn and they paid the money, denarii. And they, they, in their mind, even though they were in crusade ground, their mind was picturing it. God is a picture-giving God. And God created us human beings to learn the most through pictures. Most of my sermons that I preach and teach to many of you, many of you don't even understand the title or you don't remember the body, but you remember the stories I tell in between. So why is that so? Even if I tell you which scripture did I, what my, my text, even this text I used a few minutes ago to start this now, many of you, you can't remember. But some of the stories I've given, you say, ah, pastor, ah, that story you gave, people have willed myself, ah, pastor, remember that story you gave me, that story you gave me. So, so Because we're like that, we're, we're in the image and likeness of God. God is a picturist God, and you are also a picturist creature. So, so God, when he begins to speak to you in form of visions, he will give you a spiritual vision on your inside, and your eyes are closed. By the time God arrested Paul on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus, and then he was blinded first. The first thing was God blinded him, and he was on the ground, and then Jesus appeared, and he saw Jesus. But he was blind. But he saw Jesus. But he was blind. But he saw Jesus. That means you have two sets of eyes. These physical ones I'm looking at. But you also have eyes in your spirit. That can see even when these ones are shut. In fact, most of the times, sees better when these ones are shut. Because when these ones are open, there's so much distraction around. Like that person coming in, like that person shaking her, like this, this, like that, that, a lot of distraction. Whereas, a lot of things are also going on in my spirit, man. So, somebody say amen. Let me hear your amen. I can't hear the amen. Somebody say amen if we're still together. All right. So, that's the lowest form of vision, the spiritual vision. The second highest form of vision. Now, let me tell you something about these visions. The higher you go, the less frequent they occur. The higher you go, the less common we see them in manifestation, except a person is in the fivefold ministry of a prophet. All right. The second level, which is higher than spiritual vision, is called a trance. Trance. Acts chapter 10, verse 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible talks about Peter was hungry. Peter went on top of the house and he was there while they were preparing the food downstairs. The Bible says he became very hungry and he would have eaten, but they were making the food. And the Bible says while he was waiting, what, what happened? 
I can't hear you. Read for me. While they made the food ready, what happened to Peter? Fell into a trance. The Bible could have said he had a trance. But the Bible says especially he fell into it. Sometimes when people fall under the power, they go into a vision. All right. Now, what is a trance? A trance is something that God shows you in a short period, you see it, but your physical senses are suspended. You are not aware that you are here. It is like a quick dream you had, but like a five-second dream, and you are up, and you're, you shake yourself. Or when you are praying, you are gone somewhere. You have forgotten you are kneeling up beside your bed, and then you come back. Sometimes you even think that you fell into a short dream, and you go up again, and you have seen something. That was not a dream. That was a trance. Your physical senses are suspended, and God just reveals something. Let me ask this. I'm not going to call you to come out. How many of you have had it? From what I've described now, how many of you have had a trance before? I've had, I have trance regularly. You've had it before. Good. It's, it's supposed to be common. The Spirit of God, when it's poured out, and the Spirit of God has come, and it's been poured out, these are normal. They should be normal Christianity. Somebody say normal Christianity. All right. Except if you are not praying. Except if you are not waiting. Usually, when I pray, I study my Bible, I pray, I pray in tongues, I pray in tongues. During the time when I'm quiet, either a revelation or a vision or a reinforcement of my inward witness. But many times, a revelation. I see something. Or a vision. Or a trance. Praise the Lord. All right. So, Peter had a trance. And that trance was very important and strategic to the direction of the plan of God for his church and for mankind. He was alone. Have time to be alone. Many of us, we cannot do without being with somebody. We cannot do, I must be with somebody. I must be there. Oh, I get energized when people are around me. I do this. You must have time alone with God. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. A lot of directions from heaven we are missing because we are not still. And then our lives, we keep on taking our lives in a tangent that is not God's direction for our lives. And then the more you move away from the direction of God for your life, the more you will struggle, the more you'll be frustrated, the more failure will come, the more you'll be stressed, the more you just the confusion. Life will not make meaning or make sense. The third level of vision, and it is this is the highest, is Open vision. Acts chapter 10 verse 1. Open vision. In, in this place, you, you see uh, Cornelius. He was praying. And he saw an angel with his eyes open. And open vision is a vision you see into the realm of the spirit, but your physical, you see with your physical eyes open. As you are seeing me, as I'm seeing you sitting down there, I see that all of a sudden, if I'm having an open vision, then all of a sudden I'm seeing all your guardian angels around you. I start seeing them with my eyes open. Even in my own life, it's not been as regular as the other kind of vision. But I remember one day, I've told you this story before. 
I was doing my youth call. So when you're doing your youth call, you're the only one put, where they posted me in outside of Portacourt. So I made up my mind. I met um, Reverend John Oposio, and he had just returned from U.S., Tulsa. He had boxes of books and tapes and, oh, from ministers. And I said, ah, I see why God brought me here. So I said, I'll loan his books, I'll loan his tapes, and I'll go home during the week. I'll finish work at 2, eat, get shut myself up at 4, pray, read and pray, worship and read and pray. And then around 7 or 8, I'll get out, eat my dinner, Around 10 again, pray a bit and sleep. Now, when you do that for 11 months, you will jam some things in the realm of the spirit. One day I woke up in the morning in my little room. My room was no more than here, that place, this part of the altar. That was just my room. I had a bed, I had a straw mat, mat. I used it as mat, but the straw. I had a table, I had a chair. That was on my desk chair and the table, writing table, a writing chair. That was my furniture. So one morning I woke up around 6 a.m. But I was lying on my bed. I woke up, my eyes were open, and my ceiling had been taken over by a cloud. I wasn't praying. I wasn't fasting. I wasn't worshipping. I just woke up and I was looking at it. After looking at it for five minutes, then my senses kicked in and I said, ah, this gardeners, I've told them they should stop burning things near my room. I'm sure they are burning an incinerator somewhere. And it, you see, your brain, your, your, your spirit and your brain, eh? your, your, spirit, your brain will just be going this way, but your spirit should be going. That's what my brain was saying. But I looked at it and said, ah, but this doesn't look like, I wasn't suffocating or coughing. It was like that, a cloud, all of the ceiling board covered. And it was like this thick. It was just there. It was there for like 15 minutes. And then after it's a thinning and thinning. I was just on the bed. You didn't occur to me to get up. I was just on the bed. On the bed. And then I saw, I could now see the ceiling board again. And after it was all gone, I just got up from my bed and said, ah, let me even see these guys. Let me see where they were burning, burning. I opened my curtain and I saw, actually, it had been raining. The closest incinerator was wet. Everywhere was. There was no fire anywhere. Hey, that's when my all my air stood up like yeah, you know, like like uh, Gideon's. Was that Gideon's father who said we have seen God and we're going to die? That was the first thing I caught to me. Hey, and the Lord said, no, 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 don't worry about it. I just saw that you've been seeking me intensely these past few months, and I just came around to just hang around. That was, was a, an open vision. That's been the only time I've seen that. For almost 40 years. <laughs> they are rare. But it can happen. If it can happen, God will put open it there. But just as a confirmation. All right. So these things, why am I sharing this? Because the spirit of God is being poured out again. Can somebody say amen? 
But once we understand that the primary way is the inward witness, and then we can be open to God confirming in other ways. And then by the matter of two or three witnesses, we are sure this is the direction he wants us to go in our lives. And then when we do that, then we'll have success. We'll have testimonies. Every time we say, is there a testimony? You'll say, I have five. Because you are functioning in line with the direction of the Lord. Rise up to your feet, everybody. Stand up. These are more spectacular guidances. So they are not the primary way you should expect to be led. But expect this in addition just to help you to double confirm that you're on the right path. Praise God. Can you expect to be led if you are saved? All is bad and all is closed. Wherever you are watching from, are you saved? I want to lead you to Christ. Because when you get saved, that's when you have a new recreated spirit within and then God can lead you from that spirit. Put your hand on your chest if you are in this house this today and you are not born again put your hand on your chest and say after me heavenly father I surrender my life to you I know Jesus died for my sins and he was raised on the third day for my salvation Lord Jesus come into my heart make me your child write my name in your book of life from this very day I will follow you thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen. Everybody put your two hands on your chest and just pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. That the voice of the Lord will be clear. For thus said the spirit of the Lord, I will lead you in paths of safety. Even in these dark and perverse times, I will lead you into blessings and wealth. Even in this season when others are saying things are going bad and rough. I will lead you out of all the problems and the predicaments of the devil. I will lead you into victory. If only you will spend time to be still and to hear my direction. I have the way out for every situation. Follow my way and you will rejoice and you will be glad and you will testify. Father, I pray for everybody whose hands on your chest. Father God, cause your voice to be clear. Cause your voice to be real. Cause your voice to be distinct in the name of Jesus. Thank you for leading us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. We give you thanks. We give, just lift your hands again and pray in other tongues. Pray, lift your hand and pray. Now, put one hand on your belly and one hand lifted up and pray. Put one hand on your belly and put one hand lifted up and pray. In Jesus' name we are praying. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Please follow us on our social media handles. 